Welcome everyone, you are listening to the I Am A Sparching Podcast with your host, Scott Knowles. Enjoy the show, it will probably suck. Scott Defane Knowles, and you're listening to another episode of I'm a Spartan OCR podcast. On tonight's episode, I interview Jacob Bosiker from BroCR. It's a cool interview. Hope y'all enjoy it. What's up, everybody? I got Jacob Bosiker from BroCR on the phone right now. What is up, Jacob? Dude, man, uh, not much. Just prepping up for Tahoe here and uh, kind of wrapping up the end of this uh, 2017 season. It's been a crazy ride, but um, I think it's going to really end out well here. I'm really excited for everything that's going to happen in Tahoe and at OCRWC. I know, man. I would so love to go to Tahoe, man. It's going to be epic this year, I'm sure. Um, so, Jacob, just tell us a little bit about yourself, like what you do for a living and how you got into OCR. And... Uh, sure thing, man. Uh, so... Kind of my story starts uh, the way a lot of people's story starts with a, yeah, a random um, a random warrior dash that me and some buddies did because, you know, we like running in the mud and drinking beer. Um, a few years later, I saw an ad for Spartan Race, and this is like the 2013 era, so I've been doing this for a little while. Yeah. And I was like, yeah, man, I'd, I'd done a warrior dash, and I could, I could probably handle a Spartan Race. Um didn't know really what it was. It was like another like 5K-ish uh, obstacles and carries and stuff. I'm like, yeah, I'll, I'll go throw that down. I'll go give it a give it a whirl. And as soon as I got done with my first Spartan, I was like, this is what I want to do. I, I immediately knew that like this was going to change the way I looked at it because it was competitive. It was um, right. It was just really different. Uh, fast forward to a few years later, uh, we started the Bro CR review and started making videos on it. We didn't really know what it was going to look like at first, um, as far as our video series and kind of, but we know we just wanted to create something, have an outlet and have some fun. And, uh, kind of like what you've done here with your podcast here. We just wanted to talk about it more and like kind of live even more of the lifestyle and stuff. So we started doing that and it's really taken off. We've had a lot of friends and met a lot of amazing people and just had a blast with the sport. And so, and so Bro CR consists of you and, and your buddy Bill Brum, is it Brumback? Am I butchering it? Yeah, it's Brumback. Brumback. Yeah, so we've got, we've currently got, um, on our full team here, so we've got, we started with me and Bill. Uh, then we kind of expanded to Amber uh, Johnston now, at the time, Hendrick. I think I met uh, her in West Virginia, didn't I? Yeah, yeah, little bitty gal, kind of pebbles haircut. <laughs> right, didn't she say she was like from Alaska now or something? Yeah, so she was originally in the Cincinnati area, and then she moved off uh, with her husband now uh, to Alaska. He's in the he's in the army there, stationed up there in Fairbanks. Right. And then we had also another kind of a cameraman, a fourth member. He's out in uh, Arizona, but he was originally in the Indiana area. His name is Jason Thompson. So right. it was us four last year, and then. Um, Amber moved and Jason moved, and we don't get to see him as much, but we still, that's kind of one of the rules we have on BroCR is nobody really leaves the herd. Um, if they, they can kind of come and go as they please, and if they can make something, that's great. But if, if they can't, the show still goes on. Um, so then this 
year, we've just recently added uh, three new members to BroCR. We've got Zoe Sopernik, um, we've got Leah Hensley, and we have uh, Mark Montano, who is uh, one of the announcers at Spartan sometimes, uh, doing DJ stuff. Yeah, I know um, who you're talking about. I think I saw where he like went. Didn't he go to a China race this year or something? Yeah, he did the China race this year. Him and another friend of ours, uh, Katie Purcell, and they got some footage from us from that one. Great time. Oh, cool. So, um, if if anybody out there doesn't know about BroCR, I'm I'm sure most people do. But man, you need to go to their Facebook and check it out. They always do these awesome videos when they go to the race, like the dunk wall confessions and. I don't know what you called it, but y'all are like handing out these crazy gifts to people that were making the spear throw, and uh, I think y'all gave there. some yeah, y'all gave somebody a shake weight and told them they had to run the whole race with a shake weight. That was hilarious, <laughs> man! I was laughing out loud uh, we had so on much that. Fun one. with that, you know. And we're gonna do it again in Tahoe. I think we're gonna do some of that stuff again. Um, but man, have you ever been to Tahoe? No, I haven't. So it depends where they put the dunk wall at. Last yeah. year the dunk wall was down at the base. The first year the dunk wall was up at the top and the wind was hitting you. And man, if you could make it through that dunk wall and do a confessional after that, people were just like hypothermic. And <laughs> oh yeah, I could only imagine the answers you would get. They'd probably shake to death. <laughs> oh, exactly. It'd be freaking nuts. And I don't even think I'd want to sit in the wall. <laughs> <laughs> you have to like wear a wetsuit to do it. Pretty much. That's how Bill swears that he survived the Ultra Beast last year in Tahoe was wearing a wetsuit. <laughs> That's great. So y'all both went last year too. Yeah, so we went. Um, we went to the world champion. I've been to the world championship, and that was kind of the thing that set me in uh, five years ago. Was the first 2013 world championship in um, in Vermont, in Killington there, and I went there, and I saw kind of the elites go off, and I'm like, man, that was my first year running. It's 2013. And I was like, that's where I want to be next year. So uh-huh. then I started training like crazy. And kind of went into the elite field and had a blast. And I've made, I've qualified for the world championship every year since. That's and awesome, man. It's just kind of about, yeah, man, it's about getting those goals in front of you and just really going at them. <laughs> That's awesome, man. That's awesome. So, man, like, so, like, what do you do for a living when you're not, like, killing it in OCR, man? Oh, my gosh. Uh, so, my, my nine to five is actually really, really different than a lot of people think. So, I'm an engineer at Cummins Diesel. Oh, wow. Uh, yeah, I invent I invent engines for a Fortune 500 company with our um, R&T group here. So I kind of like create things that are uh, about 10 years out in the market or so. Oh, that's freaking awesome. That's fun. It's a it's a very different job, but people are like, when I tell them that, they don't expect it. Yeah. Um, because it's like I sit behind a cubicle for, you know, 8 to 10 hours every single day, and I'm just itching to get out and hit some trails. Oh, I can imagine. <laughs> I'm behind imagine. the computer a lot of the time, so it's like while I'm processing things, running algorithms, and uh, analysing, doing analysis for tubes and uh, casting variation. It's like I'm I'm also studying, you know, um, meal trends and you know proper ways to do diets and uh, newest workouts and what I could do to possibly get a little edge on it. And listen to a lot of Ben Greenfield podcasts. <laughs> yeah, man, I, I love Ben Greenfield's podcast, but a lot of them, man, he just gets into some words I just don't understand. He gets into <laughs> some weird stuff. He gets really out there, but it's uh, yeah. I'm him this year and him being on the pro team. He's he's such a like food junkie, like good food. Oh yeah, he is. Like, he, he is just a wealth of 
freaking knowledge. He really is, man. I mean, if, if you ever want to learn anything about, like, the cutting edge on health and nutrition, man, listen to Ben Greenfield. It's crazy. For sure. It's, like, he was the one that got me on the, like, I, so Normatec boots. Um, and, like, those were pepper boots. Have you tried those before? No. Uh -uh. Dude, they are freaking, so, like, and this is, this is crazy, but, like, we, I eventually, like, bought a pair, not Normatec brand, but another brand that we found with, uh, me and Bill found. Yeah. And it's, like, I was so skeptical of it until we went out to Monterey, and a friend of ours let us try it. His pair there called Rapid Reboots. Right. And then we found another company of it, but it's, like, basically compressing your entire leg and working the blood out of it and getting it to recirculate. And you feel like a new man after a run after you put these things on. So it kind of like helps recirculate, kind of like what they do in like a hospital for somebody that's got to lay in the bed for a while, right? That's exactly what they do. That's yeah. exactly that tool. Yeah, I work, I, I work for a hospital. So. Oh, okay, okay. <laughs> um, so, yeah, that's exactly what they do. They're awesome. <laughs> yeah, I know. I've, I've listened to all the Obstacle Dominator uh, podcasts, and then I started listening to some of his, his other ones, but... Man, he puts some things out like every week. It's insane. He's a freaking workhorse when it comes to it, but it's he, like I can barely even keep up with it with everything that I'm doing on the side. <laughs> I know. It's all I can do to you just and every single one of his episodes is an hour plus. It'll be like an hour thirty minutes. And if you don't listen to the whole thing all the way through it and you try to come back to it, you're like so lost. <laughs> yeah, you forget where you're freaking at. <laughs> That's right. So I heard you say you was going. You you made it into the championships, and I think I saw on on y'all's post that you got your coin at uh at Michigan this past weekend, right? Yeah. So I, uh, I I've had kind of a crazy season, uh, a lot of personal stuff and family stuff here, but um, but I did finally coin this weekend in Michigan uh, at the new venue there at the International Speedway. A really cool course for the people who are uh, in the area and kind of know the history of the International Speedway. And really, really fast. Really, but it was kind of like this cross between a kind of like a stadium because they had us going up and down the bleachers. Yeah, but y'all were going out on the like, trail too. Exactly. So like, it, it looked was cool. A mix between like it was really neat, but man, it was fast. It was like I looked down at my watch and we were like a mile and like a one point three, one point four mile deep, hitting a twister, and it was like nine minutes in. <laughs> oh man. We were flying, and it was just so cool to have something like that that was just that freaking fast. But it didn't look like, because I was looking through some of the photos of it, it looked like they started the race like a normal race. They weren't, like, sending out just 10 at a time like a normal stadium race. Yep, they started us just like a normal stadium, like a normal race out the middle of the stadium. Wow. Um, like we were in the infield. And then we went outside of the stadium, and then we, like, circled back in into Twister. And then we went out again, and then we came in to do the final sandbag stuff. Oh, that's cool. I I, I know I've seen, like, on the photo tags, like on Conquest photos, it said something like the quarter-mile obstacle, or what was that? Yeah, so they had they had a quarter-mile on the track that we actually got to run on the International Speedway. Oh. And they had timing maps at the beginning and end, and I think they gave out some kind of award for, the, like, the guy that ran the fastest quarter-mile on the track. <laughs> <laughs> that's pretty cool. Yeah, definitely. You know, I kind of like, I, I like that Spartans start to do nods to venues like that. Um, yeah. They do cool little things like that. Like, for instance, we did the, did you hear about the uh, Fort Knox race? Yeah. How they had and all the golden medals. Yeah, I saw them. That was pretty and, cool. They had like a golden one, a bronze one, and then they had the regular one too. 
certain races like this. Yeah. And who knows, maybe they'll have like a cool like racetrack medal or something next year for ones that are on racetracks. Oh yeah, I, I was stoked at the medal we got at the Beast at West Virginia. That medal's tight. That was a sweet medal. That was a really cool medal. It was. I was like surprised when we, because I, I didn't know anything about it until we crossed the finish line, you know? Yeah, I didn't either. But it was, and that venue, man, West Virginia, I still swear, that's one of the coolest venues Wasn't I've ever it, done though? in my entire life. I love that venue. Uh, it was it was brutal, but man, it was cool. Yeah, it was freaking awesome, man. I loved it. It was a cool venue. I'm definitely doing that one again next year for sure. Oh, I will totally be back in Iraq next year for that one. <laughs> yeah, that was good. That was a really cool one. <clears throat> so, did they have like all the normal obstacles there in Michigan? Yep, all the normal obstacles. Um, Twister. Uh, they had the tire flip out there actually. So that's once again, I've got to get that thing figured out because. I have not had good luck with that tire. <laughs> right. I, in West Virginia, I was using that pinch grip on the tread like Killian was talking about in that video. But, like, as long as it's dry, I think that's, to me, that's that's pretty easy as long as it's dry. I haven't tried it when it's wet, so. You know, I, everything's I different when it's wet. about it over the weekend, and this, I don't want to give away too many hints for, like, what I'm trying to think about for Tahoe and stuff. But he talked about, putting, like, to straddle it, yeah. And then, like, deadlift it off the ground, like, get the inside lift and get it up on your foot. Yeah. And then go back on the outside so you can get underneath it then and then flip it over. That's not a bad idea, too. That's what I was thinking. I kind of like that strategy. Yeah. I, I, I want to say, like, because that was, like, the first time I met Ben Greenfield was at Asheville, and we were just over there playing around with the tire, and he walked up, and he's like, hey, do y'all need some help? And I was like, yeah, sure. <laughs> And I was like, oh, my God, it's Ben Greenfield, you know. And so uh, he was kind of talking like you grab, you kind of like bear hug the tire and kind of just twist it kind of up onto your foot, too. That's what, that's what I've, heard, I've heard that technique. Like, it's so interesting to hear everybody's different techniques right. for that dang tire. <laughs> yeah. Man, that thing's a beast, man. But you, you, see, you never see the women have any problems with the tire. Well, it's like... And we've talked about this a lot. Oh, my gosh, we're just talking tires crazy. But, um, so the women's is only 200 pounds, and the men's is 400 pounds. If you think about relative body mass, yeah. like a realistic weight for, like, the guys would probably be, like, 300-ish. Yeah. Uh, maybe a little more. But, like, that's just a stout freaking tire for the guys. $400 lying in the sand. <laughs> yeah. It's just, it, but it's like you said, man, it, it, if you could get your fingers under it, there'd be no problem with it. None at all. Yep, yep, the hardest part. And that was what I was afraid of at the International Speedway. Because, like, when I saw it first, I was like, I was freaking out because I'm like, oh, my God, what if they put it on the freaking track? Ooh, yeah. There's no way you <laughs> could get no, your fingers under it. Exactly. Like, I was like, oh, my God, if they put it on the track, we're all screwed. Yeah. <laughs> that would have sucked. <laughs> exactly. So I'm sure y'all did a bunch of stairs there, right? Yeah, we ran from the bottom back up to the top. So, like, we that was the sandbag carry right at the end. And we, we ran right from the bottom up to the top with a with a 60-pound sandbag. And then right after we were done, we ran all the way back up again over the press box, which was a really, really nice view because the sun was kind of coming up, and it was, it was a nice day out. Huh, cool. You know, but you know, Battle Frog kind of did not battle. Yeah, Bone Frog kind of did the same thing, but they did it at the track in Alabama. I'm not, I can't remember what that track's called. Really? I don't know if it's that. Is that Talladega? I don't know. 
But yeah, they did, they did the same thing there where you run in, you did the track work, and then you run back out and kind of run through the woods too. They did the exact same uh-huh. thing, yeah. That's, that, a, that's a nice spin on it. And yeah. the good thing about a speedway like that is you've got enough room to have that many people there. Oh, yeah. There's way more room for a run like this. I, I think it was just cool the way you're in the track, you're doing the thing, and then you go out and you hit trails. So it's kind of like a cross between like a regular sprint and a stadium at the same time. You know what I mean? And, oh, and everything's not so claustrophobic like a stadium event would be. Yeah, when you're when you're running in a stadium, I did Fenway last year, and it once like it was a cool honor to be, to go in Fenway and run around the bleachers and stuff. But at the same time, it's just such like a close knit environment. <laughs> yeah. Just like super tight, right? And if you're trying to pass somebody in the elite wave, like there's no, there's no doing it. <laughs> yeah, because it's all like single file, you know. Unless you're like running pretty through much. the hallways, right? That's pretty much the only place where you can get like a little bit of edge is the hallways. Yeah, and I remember seeing there was like a video, and I think it was Robert Killian, and uh, it was like there was this little plate that had like wheels on it, and you had to put your feet on it and like crawl with your hands or something <laughs> yeah I, I i don't think they had that in fenway i can't even remember now but yeah i've seen they've had so many like more i would say crossfit style obstacles yeah at, um at those races like where they've got like box jumps or like uh ball slams or something like that but you see it definitely a different variety there right um just like what we're getting ready to see here in tahoe with some of the variants on some of the obstacles and stuff yeah, I wonder if they'll introduce any new obstacles there, kind of like they did last year. I, I yeah, I really hope they do. Um, I hope they bring back like that Spartan ladder thing that they had with the two bells. And oh and yeah, I forgot about trick. that. Um, but yeah, I've heard rumors about like rumors here and there about like the obstacles being a little bit different in Tahoe and being a little bit more cumbersome. Yeah, I think I saw something like there was going to be two spear throws or something. Be, uh, from what I've heard so far, there's going to be two spear throws, a double sandbag carry. Um, you know, I probably expect the rig to be double length, too. Yeah. Um, that's the way it normally is there. And then somebody was saying Twister is going to be like four or five sections long. Wow. <laughs> well, I, you know what? And I saw y'all at the open house, and, and y'all were doing Twister backwards. And I tell you what, man, doing Twister backwards, it's night and day easier it's than going for different it. obstacle. It, it it just totally simplifies it, and it doesn't it doesn't like dig into your calluses as bad either going uh-huh. that way. It's just it's just a way to go. I mean, I haven't done it like that when it's wet, but I don't really think it'd be a lot different than doing the monkey bars when it's wet going back. Exactly, we, it was wet on it in um, in Michigan this past weekend, and it was fine because you're moving so quick. You're not taxing your grip or anything. Yeah, and that's crazy it being like because didn't you say it was like the one of the third obstacle or something like that? Yeah, but no, oh, dude, I'll have to send you this video later of me on it, but it was like, uh, there was probably like 10 of us on it at the same time, 10 or 15 of us. So everybody everybody was kicking each other? <laughs> it was nuts, but it's like, but then once again, like, you're trying to do it backwards, and my wife was like screaming at me, wait, wait. <laughs> oh. <I'm> like, okay. <laughs> you were starting to catch up with somebody? Yeah, I was like, I waited until a guy got to the third part of, uh, part of the obstacle, and I started. And he wasn't even off on the bell, and oh, I was already man. on his, almost on his run. <laughs> oh man, that would have sucked if you would have bumped into him. <laughs> oh, absolutely. But it's like that's just how much quicker going backwards is. 
Yeah, it, it really is. It's not half as taxing on your grip going backwards. Mm-hmm. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. So, um, uh, Jacob, how how many Spartan races have you done? I mean, or do you even know? Because it's been so many oh, of them. Oh, God. Okay, so I was trying to count it up the other day. I've done, I've done well over probably... Let me see here. I was counting up the other day. I've done probably over a hundred obstacle course races. Period. Wow. Um, but Spartans, um, Spartans. This, I, I don't know exactly how many Spartans I've done, but I know this year in Tahoe will be here. Here in a few weeks will be my fifteenth trifecta to date. Wow. Um, and then if I if I decide to go to like South Carolina or um, Texas, that'll be sixteen. Right. And you got to go to South Carolina, man. That's a double beast weekend, dude. Oh, it is a double beast weekend. I forgot about that. Yeah, South Carolina's just a cool freaking race. Well, you know they That's changed right. the venue, though. They did? It's not at Adventure World anymore? Uh, nope. And they just changed it like a freaking month ago. It moved like an oh, hour. Man. They moved it like an hour either southeast or southwest, and it's in Spartanburg. Mm. Okay, okay, okay. Yeah, somebody was. Some, now that you mentioned that, somebody mentioned that before to me. And, and when you look at the the address on Google Maps, it doesn't look like a huge, you know, piece of land to, you know, put a beast on. But I'm sure they've researched it and figured out. I wonder how why they lost Adventureland because I liked Adventureland. It was cool. Adventureland is a really cool venue. It's uh, it's wild just with some of the pine trees back there and stuff. It's really pretty. <laughs> and you know, and you go into that place and you'll be like, oh man, there's be plenty of parking here. But every time you would leave that place about lunchtime, oh, people be parked down that road for a mile. Oh, easily, easily. Yeah, and and they really stepped up with that one last year because the year before it wasn't but like about 11 and a half miles but last year it was almost 15 miles and they found every oh, bit geez. of elevation they could there last year that's really cool it's, it's interesting like the different years like you can go to the race one year and it's pretty g-rated and the next year you come back and they just turn it upside down yeah kind of like ohio <laughs> like ohio or like um like so I, I stayed and did the Indiana race this year, um, and last year's Indiana was like knockout, drag out, mini Palmerton. Oh wow! And this year's Indiana was like G-rated. <laughs> it was it was nothing compared because I was like, we were going out for like that second bit here at the because the first bit of Indiana they took us out and we had a bit of like that's probably I'd say three three climbs at least. Yeah. And then this year we went out. And suddenly we started climbing, and then we came back the other way. I'm like, okay, we're gonna have another climb, and they took us around the base of it. And I was like, no, 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 no. I'm gonna like run like mad now. <laughs> but I was ready for that slog again. I was ready for that like second bite into when it got ugly. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's that's exactly the way it was in Asheville. Like last year in Asheville, they killed us in elevation, and this oh, year, yeah, they did. Hell, this yeah, year they, they took did. it easy on us. They took it really easy on us this year in Nashville, because um, I was also preparing for that, too. And when we started going back down, I was like, oh. Yeah. Oh, this is going to be a manageable climb. <laughs> they just kicked our ass with stacking all the obstacles at the end at Asheville this year. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> but, that's true. But Asheville was a cool race this year, too, though. You know, Asheville is one of those things that it's like, it's cool because you can run it, too. And yeah. you can like you can see exactly what 
like I, I'm proud to be an elite. Like I'm proud to race elite and do that kind of stuff. But at the same time, like I know that there is a definite line in the sand between me and somebody like Ryan Woods. Oh, definitely. And like I, I, I have total respect for those guys because you can see in a race like that what you have to do. Yeah. To make that edge. Well, it's like you know, it's like. We was at West Virginia, and I, I, I'm pretty sure you were ahead of me on the beast. Yeah, I think you and Bill both were ahead of, ahead of me, but I know that I finished, and I went and looked at results, and Killian finished like an hour before me, and I was still like, I was, I know I was better than half of the field, and I was like, damn, man. They're just, just smoking us, man. Exactly, and it's like, <laughs> People are like, oh, you know, these guys are elite. Yeah, they're elite, but man, they can run. They, they can, can run like yes. gazelles. I, I always talk about people like with Hobie Call when we were out at um, Monterey earlier this year. The dude finished that course. It was nine, 9.3 miles long, like something like 3,000 elevation gain, and he did it like in an hour and four minutes. Man, that's just, <laughs> man, that's just a killing it, dude. I mean, you're just flying. Yeah, I couldn't even run nine miles in one hour, you know. <laughs> yeah, it's a, he, they, On my it's pick of grade. <laughs> yeah, it's insane. Some of those top guys, man, I mean, talking about throwing down a marathon time in under two hours and 20 minutes, you know. Oh, it's like, yeah, exactly. And I was talking to him one time, Hunter said something like, well, the top three guys all have, like, half marathons under 115 or can do like that. I was like, that's just freaking insane. That is very insane. You know, and it makes you feel like, what? I, it makes you feel like I don't have any business running in the elite class. <laughs> oh, no, I, I totally feel like that. Like, I'm kind of like, I've been talking with Chris Chapman a ton. He's, Chris is like one of my best friends. Yeah, um, Chris is cool. I interviewed him a few episodes ago. Yeah, he's, He's uh, so he's in Cincinnati. I'm just here in India, like just south of Indianapolis. Right. So we're not too far apart, and we'll train together some here and there, and we travel a lot together too. But um, we're talking just kind of about like like how that gap is kind of like looking. How it's it's manageable, but like also sometimes you need to remind yourself to have fun with the sport, and we've been taking it too seriously. So oh yeah. Maybe, I think I need to take a few fun races next year. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man, we had fun because we run that sprint, and we just all stayed together as friends at West Virginia. Oh, yeah. And that was a blast, dude. We had so much fun doing that. It was a good time. I mean, it's, you need stuff like that. You know yeah. what I mean? But, and, but, you know, I'm the type of racer, too, where I, I try to go and, like, introduce myself to – somebody new that I see in the elite box, you know, because I know so many people – that run elite, you know, you see the same faces all the time running elite. Mm-hmm. And it's cool because you become friends and then it turns into you're running a race with a bunch of friends, you know, so everybody's oh, exactly. cheering each other on, you know, or talking or making jokes, even though you're still running an elite race. I mean, and some guys are serious, you know, and they don't like to talk and run at the same time. And I'll just talk to them and they don't talk back, you know, hell, I don't care. <laughs> Yeah, I'm not afraid to throw. I'm not afraid to throw a few jokes out there while I'm going. <laughs> oh yeah, you you and you and Bill, y'all definitely talk. I mean, I, we both exchanged a few times, and y'all always talk and cheer each other on. I thought that was cool. And that's you know that's what we do. We're out there, and it's like it's that mid high pack, and like we're all pretty friendly. <laughs> we're not out there to yeah. like draw blood. We're not out there to freak. Now, if somebody's like going to be a cheating asshole, and they start doing 
like shitty stuff or something. That's one thing. Oh yeah, yeah. We're all out there together. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think me and Bill, we hit the swim like at the same time and I started sing- we I started singing stroke me, stroke me and he just started going stroke <laughs> and we we were having a good time. That was a cool race. Uh, yeah, West Virginia was just such a cool race. I cannot wait till next year. I'm excited to see where they turn to move the world championship at next year. That's gonna be interesting. What did they say they weren't gonna do it at Tahoe last year? Uh, I've heard this might be the last year in Tahoe. I have no confirmation of that, but I heard this might be the last year. I wonder if they'll take it back to Killington. I know a lot of people were upset it left Killington. Ah, man, Killington is just... Have you ever done Killington? I haven't. I want to. Man, it's, with that being this weekend and stuff, it's, uh, I've done it twice, and you always leave, you always leave humbled. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah, it's a... Uh, it'll make you... And I... I've always wanted to do the ultra out there too. Right. And it's a man. It is just a humbling experience. <laughs> I did. I did my ultra at Jersey, and everybody says Jersey ain't got nothing on Killington. I think we only got like nine grand of elevation when we did it yeah, last year. I did. So did you do Jersey this year too? I just did the beast both days. I didn't do the ultra. Okay, I did the ultra this year at Jersey, and it's a. Doing doing Killington and thinking about doing a kill, uh, ultra in Killington, you're probably going to look at probably like 11 to 12 gain. Yeah. So that's and, a lot less than Jersey was. I mean, a lot more than yeah, Jersey. A lot more than Jersey. But it's, uh, it's just the thing is Killington gets so steep and you can gain so much so quick. Right. Yeah, those those pictures they show of just the hills, and you know, I know pictures hide elevation too, but mm-hmm. it just looks it just looks steep as hell in Killington. It really does, and there's like a mile climb there that's like, oh god, I don't even know what the, the climb is, but it's the death it's march. Just brutal. Yeah, the death march. It's and that's it's aptly named. <laughs> yeah, see, see, Jersey. You know, I mean, it's got steep climbs, but they're just not. They're not super long, and it's just constant, just up and down, up and down, up and down. Yeah, that bucket carry that at the, the end of this year's Jersey. That was pretty brutal. Yeah, it was. That was stout. That was definitely stout. I like right it, after that the twister. No, oh yeah, I like a hard bucket. I, I I'd rather have a hard bucket than a double sandbag any day of the week. Oh, I would too. Especially when they run out of damn sandbags. Yeah, that is sad. (laughs) It's like when what happened in Asheville. That was that was awful. You know, and here's the thing though, it's like there's always that guy. The guy that comes up with one sandbag first. He got so much hate mail. Oh, exactly. He is, and he is just riding from every single person in the corral. <laughs> I know, man. He just come jogging around and like, they told me I only had to get one. <laughs> yeah, well, now we all hate you. <laughs> yeah, exactly. If I'd have picked up one, I would have maintained my position and not passed anybody. <laughs> it's, you know, and it's a vote. And we understand things happen out there on the field. Yeah, but, um, and man, and some people were just given, I knew the volunteer that was there, Heather, and they were oh, yeah. given, they were given her hell about it. And this ain't the volunteers' oh. fault, man. She's just doing what she's told. Yeah, she's doing what she's told. I mean, it's uh, it's things happen. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, that was. I was glad to hear they were not going to do that in West Virginia because it's it's like I said. There's so many people running; they're going to run out of bags. Yeah, 
It's just a given. Oh, absolutely. Once it gets later in the season like that, when coins start to go lower and lower and lower. Yeah. Like, you know you're counting. <laughs> oh, yeah. I was hoping I could get one this year, but I don't think it's going to happen. <laughs> uh, do you, like, I come you close. I come close a couple times, but yeah, Michigan. It, it's really getting to the point where you've got to play the right race on the right day, right? Um, and that's that's one of the reasons I went to Michigan because I figured my I was starting to crescendo again here, and I was like, "This is the time. This is when I got to go do it." Time to shine, baby. Yep. So, did you fail any obstacles in Michigan? Just a tire flip? Oh, man. Just a tire. That sucks. But shoot, a lot of people don't even attempt it. They just go touch it and start doing burpees. Ah, and see, like, that's where I, it makes me sad. Yeah. Like, I could have saved myself probably, like, a minute there. Right. But, like, I really want to always give it my good, honest attempt. Yeah. Because you never know what could happen. Yeah. You know, it might be that day. You know what I mean? Yep. What'd you end up placing? Didn't you place, like, in the teens? Yeah, I was like 13th or 14th or something like that. Man, that's cool, man. That's that's was, that's sweet for a super. It, it was, um, I'm just a lot faster on those shorter courses like that or like something a little flatter. Right. I just gotta, you gotta watch your heart rate and just maintain it and just crank it out. <laughs> yeah. So you monitor your heart rate a lot when you train? I do when I train. I've been doing it less when I run. Right. Um, but I did wear a heart rate monitor for the Michigan race and it really did help. Um, so I've, I'm running off of a Garmin, uh, Fenix 3. Yeah. And it's kind of got a gauge if you're familiar with it. And it, it shows you kind of where your heart rate zones are at and where you're currently at. Right. So like every time I was going below like 170, I was like, all right, I can pick it up here again. Right. Huh. And start like, start throwing down again and kind of gauging it off the performance base of your heart rate and your cardio rate at that point. So if you were getting too high, you'd back off? I was trying to maintain right in there between like 175 and 180, kind of is where I was wanting to go. And it sounds like your heart rate's about the same operating heart rate mine is. Yep. And, but then like, you also understand like, you've got a race that's only nine miles. It, you can't hold something like that in like a 15 mile, like West Virginia, what we were doing. Oh yeah, definitely. You gotta look at a different cardio zone and stuff. Yeah, man, about log carry, about right after log carry is where I was starting to crash, man. Oh, dude, I was cramping up so bad around there. Oh, yeah. I think I think, I think think we were at the log carry about the same time. I think we were. Yeah, I think we were at the log carry at the same time. And we were at the bucket carry about the same time, too, and the okay. second day in the, in the super. And we just, we really hang out, like, in that middle pack. It's like all of these guys, like you and me, and we're all in this pack together. <laughs> oh, man, that's that bucket carry on the super, man. It's like... Man, my bucket was full of rocks. You couldn't see a single hole when I left. And they had volunteers on the fill-up side checking them. And I, he was like, you're good, you're good. And when I come back, I was already like mid-pour. And the guy's like, you got holes, you got to do it again. I was like, no way, man. Your, your yeah, guy. Yeah, before then. Like, yeah. Don't, don't tell him in the middle of a pour. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. I was like, man, your guy you over there said I was there. good. You know, yeah, and you need somebody 20 foot up there from the, from the pour. Telling people. Oh, about, yeah. About while they're pouring. I mean, like, <laughs> you know, and I, like, I definitely, there was no way, man. I mean, even if there was, they might have shifted and one may have been showing, but there's, like, I could have totally, like, sh- shook them up and it would have covered it again. Anyway. Yeah. I felt bad for getting, you know, kind of getting irate, but I mean, you're in race mode. You're in race mode. Yeah, you're pumping 180 
80 beats per minute there. You yeah. got a lot going on in your head. <laughs> I totally apologized to him when we went back through and did the sprint. I was like, hey, man, I'm sorry about that. I was just in race mode, you know. He's oh, like, it's cool, like, man. I understand. <laughs> no, you're and good for you for doing that, man. Yeah. Like, seriously, it takes a lot of guts to go out there and talk to somebody like that. Yeah. Um, there's a lot of humility in that. That's really cool. Well, I mean, you know, he's he's a volunteer, and that ain't no way for us to act around the volunteers, but, you know. Yeah, we need volunteers to go to the sport. Yeah, um, oh, definitely, definitely. And the way Spartans kind of, you know, nerfed the way they give out the races, too, where you got to pay extra to upgrade to Elite or... Oh, yeah. Yeah, they're kind of getting a raw deal. And I, I, I've noticed, because I've volunteered a few times, and... Since I, they still send emails say, "Hey, we're looking for volunteers for this race and stuff," so I still get that. Uh, well, yeah, we just spend so much time. Like, I wish I could volunteer more. Like, I wish I could have some time with that. But we spend so much time on these freaking videos when we're there, just like coaching oh, yeah. through interviews and stuff. Well, since they changed the pass last year, you know, because I used to get volunteer codes to you know to get the races to cover my pass time because uh-huh. you know you your pass would go through to that next month and you know you'd get volunteer codes to so you wouldn't have to buy the pass earlier but now that it's you know december to you know or january to december you don't really there's no benefit for volunteering really yeah that's true have you already bought your 2018 pass I've not yet. I'm trying to decide when I'm going to do it and how I'm going to do it and what it's going to look like. I guess I still got to figure out what races I'm doing next year. <laughs> well, you know that today the hundred dollar off code expires. It expires today. Yeah, I think it's like what is it? Pass one hundred. Yeah. So today might be the last day you can use that code to get a hundred dollars off. I might have to go check that out here after this. Yeah. I went ahead, I mean, I don't know how they announce it, and then they say, oh, yeah, you got three days to use this coupon, so you're like, crap, you expect us to come up with $1,000 in three days? Thanks, Spartan. Guess that's what credit yeah. cards are for. <laughs> But yeah, I'll have to have to look into that. Yeah, you might want to check it out. It, uh, hopefully, it's still good. I, I know it said it's expired on the fourteenth, but maybe it's still good for the day of. But I it, might have, I'll have to get see if I can hold of that on that. <laughs> yeah, it even works on. It was even working on the trifecta pass, and several people were just buying like two or three trifecta passes because you could use it multiple times and get a hundred dollars off of each trifecta pass you bought. That's working the system there. That's that's going next level. Yeah, yeah. Well, I guess some people, you know, they got it in their mind. Well, I just want to do a three times trifecta next year, and that's it. But you know, me, I usually if I go to a weekend and there's a sprint on Sunday, I'm going to run the sprint too. Might as well. So. Yeah, I hear you. Um. Well, hey, Jacob, man, I got some questions. I usually always ask everybody that's into the sport. So you know. All right. All right. Um, so. What is, like, your race ritual? Like, you know, Friday night, Saturday morning, after the race, if you're planning on running on Sunday, what is, like, your race ritual? My race ritual. Okay. So, uh, the race day, normally, I get up. I get up probably two hours before the race. Um, And I like to be up, like, I like to stay somewhat close to the race venue, if I can. Yeah. Um less than 30 minutes if I can. Um, and then I have a pre-workout shake that I always do. Um, it's, uh, it's 
kind of complex with everything that I've got together. Me and Shap kind of talk about it and like tweak them, but it's like it's beetroot, it's uh, blue green algae, it's got some cordyceps in there, uh, branch chain amino acids, and a bunch of stuff, and it, it's horrible. It's just disgusting. <laughs> so like, um, but I always slug one of those thirty minutes before start time. Wow. So it's all in my system, ready to go at the right time. Um, so I kind of time it right. And then also, like, I've always got to get that pre-race poop in. Of so, course. like, that's also, like, the trigger for it. Like, 10 minutes before, I'm dumping, and I'm ready to go. I feel light, and I'm ready to rumble. Um, mm. But if I'm doing a back-to-back day, like, that afternoon after the run, I'll try and do, like, a mile and, like, get the lactic acid out of my out of my legs a little bit and get loosened up so I can get good sleep and be ready to rumble the next day. Huh. So, uh, like, did you say you had pre-workout in that shake you made, too? Uh, so it's kind of like a pre... It's, I, they don't have, like, any pre-workout, but it's, like, I've got a little bit of... The only thing that would be like a pre-workout would be, like, um, I've got some BCAAs in it yeah. and some beta-alanine. Ah, okay. And so so that, that's your really only that's your only calorie intake for the morning before the race? No, I might throw down, like, a granola bar or something right. beforehand and a banana. But really, really light. Um, I do the majority of my calories stacking the night before. Yeah. So, so what do you typically eat like the night before a race? Oh my gosh! Anything uh, and everything. Like, anything and everything. I've got a pretty much an iron gut. Um, yeah, me too. But like honestly, like the best thing for me ever the night before a race is like Mexican food. So if I can get like three tacos, right? Chicken tacos. It's yeah. game. <laughs> yeah, and that'll help you poop in the morning too. Exactly. With all the salsa. All the cilantro ever. (laughs) (laughs) Definitely. Okay, so, like, do you have, like, products you swear by besides the Brociar headband everybody's sporting? Everybody likes those Brociar headbands we have now. Man, Uh, I do too, man. I want one, totally. I'll get you one. I'll get you one. Um, Yeah, so, um, actually, I think Junk's going to come out with a whole series of Brociar bands here. Oh, cool. Here soon. So we're working on that. We're, that's coming in for next season, but uh, stay tuned. Um, but, right. Okay, products I swear by. Um, Matt Novakovich really got a lot of us on getting a Nordic Track incline trainer. Right. And it's really nice, but that's not for everybody. So like those air recovery boots, first of all, I will say um, there's a company called Air Relax, and they make the cheapest bang for your buck um, recovery boots. What do they usually run? So, okay, and this is this is where I'm going to get technical because we did a lot of hunting, me and Bill, on this. Right. So the Normatec recovery boots, if you go somebody and get, get a Normatec session, it can waver somewhere for like a half an hour, probably like 10 to 20 bucks for half an hour in Normatec boots if you go to a chiropractic center. Right. Um, we found the boots online for sale for 1600 bucks. That's a pretty penny. Yeah. Um. The uh, rapid reboot ones are a thousand bucks, still a pretty penny, but does a very similar job. We, uh, Bill and I found a company called Air Relax, right? And you can buy the boots for four hundred bucks. Oh wow, that's not that bad. That's and that's yeah exactly. So that was like one of those things for the trade off for four hundred bucks, worth it, worth it, worth it. Um, I was really happy and really pleased with it. With getting those boots. So do you do you do you wear those pre race or is it post race? Post race recovery. Um, that's been kind of my like hole in the like my ace in the hole this season has been those boots. They've been really nice. Really? 
they're, they're pretty nice. Other things I swear by, um, let me think here. Um, I've worked with a lot of different stuff as far as nutrition. And like I said, like my pre-race nutrition, like my shake is pretty, pretty intense, but I've been going to this season, uh, some different things to fuel me on longer races. And I've been working with, um, Hyperst is a new company there and, um, kind of making its way into the OCR market a little bit. Yeah. But it's, um, I was working with a product before and it, uh, Hyperst has half a caffeine of the other product. So I think it's like a really nice middle ground as far as caffeine because you don't want to have too much caffeine in your system because you'll dehydrate yourself on yeah. those long runs. Your heart rate will get crazy too. Exactly. And you want to keep that under control. Uh, other things I swear by, um, those are really the big ones to see. The, the boots are freaking incredible. Hmm. <laughs> huh. I'm going to check into that a little bit. So, do what, no, so like, if you're, so it, what it pretty much does is it, like, will pretty much just prevent your legs from being sore for the next day run, pretty much, right? It really kind of, like, think about your, you're pumping as much blood out as your legs as possible and recirculating it with fresh blood and fresh white blood cells. So you can recover quicker overnight while you sleep. Huh? So you wear them all night while you sleep? Is that what you're saying? No, I don't wear them all. I don't wear them all night while I sleep. I, <laughs> I use it before I sleep, and right. then like maybe like a thirty minute session on them, thirty to forty five minutes, and then I sleep, and like I wake up and my legs feel great. Wow. <laughs> I bet that probably legs. really does help because for some reason I I don't know if if you and Chad talked about this, but like I always feel like I'm a better runner on Sunday than I am on Saturday. And I agree with you on that, like, but I feel even fresher, though, on Sunday with the boots. After the boots. Oh, man, yeah. I can imagine. Like, I feel meaner on Sunday, because I know it's a shorter course, and I feel like I know it a little bit better, so I feel a little bit more mentally prepared. But after I get a session of those things in, like, I feel like, I feel like fresh-legged. Wow. And, and, and before anything else, though, I would tell you, like, if you wanted to go and try them, I wouldn't go and drop the money on it just flat out. I would never tell somebody to do that. Yeah, right. But I would tell somebody to go check it out at a chiropractor place for, like, 10 bucks beforehand and just see what you think about it. Because huh. it's, it's a weird feeling, but it's worth trying once. Especially, like, after a long run or something. Yeah, yeah. Go do, like, a nine-miler and then try out the boots. Okay, and I heard you mention you, you did get it. You've got an incline trainer? I do have an incline trainer, yeah. How does that work out for your training, you think? Does it help a lot, you, know, you think? It worth does it? help a lot. Um, I'll, I'll shove it here on things like Tahoe and, like, um, kind of prepping for races like that, and I'll throw it up to, I'll do, like, instances where I'll do 40% climbs for 15 minutes. And I'll do, like, three rounds of that and then go outside and run a few miles. Right. But it helps you get used to that grade and that kind of, like, taxing style of a workout on your calves so you don't like get on it for like four hours like matt novakovich does do you? no I don't, I don't pull novakovich <laughs> on there for hours at a time like i get bored of that stuff now i'm just like god why are we just here just crying <laughs> yeah man it's dread meal can get old after a while dread meal totally gets old that's why i watch i watch like tons of rick and morty yeah, man, but those are some really super nice treadmills, like the program screens and everything on it's really cool. They really are. It's a nice piece of equipment, and it's like, I don't know, like, for me, I'm I'm more prone to spend, because I'm, I, like I just said, like, we did a lot of research trying to find the right recovery boots for us, what we were looking for. Yeah. I do a lot of research, so when I spend money, I know I want to find the right product. Right. 
that's me, man. I try to research, try to find the best product for the cheapest price. And I don't mind, like, I don't mind paying a little extra if I know it's going to be a really good product. Oh, no doubt, no doubt. I'd rather have something that wouldn't fall apart on me. Exactly, exactly. All right, man, so what is the obstacle you dread the most? Tire flip. Tire flip? Right now. I knew you were going to no say No doubt that. about it, right now it's a tire flip. Yeah. I don't know, if it's rainy, I kind of don't like Olympus. Olympus is a bad one for me when it's wet. Yeah, um, I'm really interested to see what Olympus looks like at, um, in Tahoe this year. And if, if Olympus is wet, it's a whole different obstacle. It, it really is. Because, I mean, you just can't get your feet up on it and keep them flat. It's really hard. Exactly. Um, but, yeah, Olympus is crazy. The tire flip is just, and it's like, tire flip can be just like run into a brick wall for me. Yeah. Um, and when it's wet, it's like super hard. Exactly. And it's, but like, it's so interesting how certain obstacles change based on little factors like that, like weather. Yeah. And that's one thing that sucks about being elite, too, is it might not be raining, but, you know, everything might have moisture in it, so it might as well have rained, you know? Exactly. Yeah. Okay, yeah, so... Yeah, <laughs> So what obstacle do you love the most, or you think you're the best right at? Right now, Twister. Twister? <laughs> right now, Twister? Twister yeah. and a good multi-rig. Like, I always joked about how, like, my dream race is probably about five miles long and every quarter mile you've got a multi-rig or twister <laughs> yeah man I, i've never failed a multi-rig i've made every single multi-rig i've ever done i've only failed one and that's in tahoe the long and one it was when they did it long last year right at the end of the race and i was cramping up <laughs> yeah because that one had like what three ropes just hanging at the very end of it didn't it Three ropes hanging at the very end of it, and it was right after the dunk wall, too. Oh, man, I bet that was a bitch. So, yeah, it sucked. It was, it was definitely cold. It was definitely frigid. But, I mean, and I got right to the end, and I fell off. I was like, ah, I'm oh. burpees, and I'll call it a day. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, well. That's all right. That's the only rig I've ever failed. Oh, man, but shoot, it was a double-length rig, man. So, that's like a game-changer for anybody. It is, and I'm excited. I'm sure they're gonna have a double rig this year again. And like I said, if Twister's longer, bring it. I wanna, I wanna fight them out this year. I yeah. really want that fight. Yeah. Well, you know, and you saw some of those races out west where they only had a two section Twister. Oh yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like the Colorado this year was only two section. Oh, that'd be cake, man. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Especially now that we figured out going backwards is easier. Backwards, you just fly. And I wonder, like, I've been wondering, like, on some of those things, like, the bars on the multi-rig. Like, I wonder if you went backwards on a bar on a multi-rig, how much it would save you time. You know, that's a really good point. I usually end up going sideways or forwards, but, you know. I, I wonder if it would help you. Yeah. Well, it probably would be difficult maybe to come off of the bar to get grab the first ring, maybe. I don't know. Yeah. Maybe something. Around, maybe right? something to try on an open house. You're exactly right, and that's like that's why they need those open houses. Is you can try out little things like that. Yeah, if 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 somebody's if y'all have never been to an open house, you definitely need to go because you can pretty much go and try every single obstacle out there, and it's really cool to go and throw the spear a few times so you can already kind of map out the distance you got to throw. So that feels good anyway. 
All right, Jacob. Thank you. So what right, what has been your favorite race to this point? And it can be any race, any brand, just your best experience race you've ever had. Best experience. Man, there there's a few. Um, so always, always the Spartan Race World Championship is like got a it's got a soft spot for me. Right. But aside from aside from outside of Spartan, because we've been talking Spartan this whole time, OCRWC is one of the coolest races I've ever been to. For real. It's so eclectic and it's so different. That's amazing. Right. If it wasn't just in Canada, I'd probably think about going to it. I Man, I'd have to get a passport to do that race. Who wants to do that? Yeah, it's a <laughs> it's it's a commitment to do it, but it's it is I've done it every year and it's it's just something really cool to watch it grow like the way it has. Yeah, because I almost went to it that year. It was in Ohio. Was it a cool? Was it a cool race that year? It was in Ohio. Yeah, so it was a two. It was there two years in Ohio, and actually, um, where it's at is it's maybe like a twenty minute drive from Chris Chapman's house. Oh, really? Huh. It, it, even if that, I mean, and it's like maybe an hour and a half from here from uh, Indiana. Oh, that was cool but, for y'all. Yeah, it was really handy at being this close. <laughs> Um, that really cool venue. It makes me sad. The place that's um, the venue actually that they're doing that's going under now. Oh really? Um, yeah, they no longer have that venue around, but it's uh, it, it, which is sad. But it's um, it's a cool place. Um. Well, okay. Well, we've established your favorite. What has been your hardest or your worst race or the race you cussed at the most? Like, what, what has been your mother race, man? Oh, my God. So, me and Bill have talked about this many, many times. Um, Wintergreen. And they don't even have the venue there anymore, I think, yeah. for Spartan Race anymore. But Wintergreen is horrible. It's the worst thing ever. <laughs> it's um, I, I, the story about Wintergreen and me and Bill, if, if we got time. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. I, I did it the last year they had it there. So, I was lucky. Yeah. It's a oh, Wintergreen just sucks. I mean, there's just no cut in it. It's it's just a really hard race, and I, I got my comeuppance about it. Like I got I got to go back there and like came like reclaim my my soul with you. <laughs> but, um, like I got done with the Hawaii race, jumped in Bill's car, like as soon as I touched down back in Indianapolis, and we drove all the way to Wintergreen and got our asses kicked. Oh, man. <laughs> Yeah, man, there were some steep inclines, but not only that, they had some just bonsai technical downhills at Wintergreen. Wintergreen is just a really hard freaking course, and there's no way to cut it. <laughs> yeah. I, but I hope that maybe one day they can get that venue back, because, I mean, it's a cool it's a cool race, even though it's it really tough. Race. But, I mean, it, when, when you're running elite and... It's like you kind of want the races with the higher elevation. You just like the challenge of it. You know what I mean? Oh, absolutely. <laughs> it's that much more satisfying. Yeah. I mean, at least that's the way I feel. I would agree with you, man. That's a, it's a humbling experience. Okay. I got one final question for you, man. I'll let you go. So, All right, you, bro. what is probably the craziest or wildest thing or the most unbelievable thing you've ever seen during a race? Oh, jeez. Gosh, wildest thing I've ever seen during a race. Um, I've seen some weird stuff. Um, 
wildest thing during a race. Out of all the races you've run, I bet you have. <laughs> Holy smokes. Um, gosh. Like, I've heard all these stories about things happening during the race, like, that I was at, uh, but remembering things during a race. Um, okay, so they were, oh, it was a bad idea and it never happened, but they were planning this obstacle, and I got to watch them practice it, and they never did it, but it was at the first OCRWC they were planning it for. Right. And this concept was, you ran up this hill, this dirt mound, and they had the fire on top of the dirt mound, and you had to jump <laughs> over the fire on top of the dirt mound. That just sounds bad. <laughs> and it was a horrible idea, and like the dude almost caught on fire. Because you're like crouching like, over already because you're on an incline, so you're kind of like going face first into this fire if it's at the exact peak of the mound. <laughs> exactly, and they're trying to like barrel roll over it and try to make it look insane, and I'm just like, man, that does not look safe. <laughs> <laughs> And they, they ended up scrapping the idea for that obstacle. I think they were calling it like Cinder or something. They were like, man, that is a bad idea. Cinder. <laughs> That's pretty funny. <laughs> uh, but it was it was hilarious. It was just like, you see things like that, and you're just like, man, that was not thought through. <laughs> yeah. Well, hey, Jacob, man, I appreciate you um, taking the time to talk to us today. Uh if people want to look up uh, you or Bro CR, I mean, I know Bro CR is on Facebook, but y'all got an Instagram too, right? Yeah, we're on Insta, we're on Facebook, and just hit us up there or at any race, and we're always happy to talk to people. And it's um, just you know, at Bro CR, right? Yep, just Bro CR, B R O C R. Yeah, and anybody that if if you if you just want to check it out, go to their Facebook page and just watch some of their videos. It's some of the funniest stuff you've seen. I mean, it's some funny we'll stuff. Make funny videos and make dick jokes for a while. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's some anyway, good we need stuff. We're going to get you on Rose Yard here now in a few weeks. Yeah, man. When's your next race, man? Uh, I'm going to do Fayetteville next weekend. Oh, awesome, man! Have a heck of a time, dude. Go out there and crush it. Cool yeah, but I, who knows, man? I don't. I don't even count on it anymore, man. It, it no, seems like when it. when I go out there and I'm running a cool race and my running game is on point, I fail obstacles. And when I have a, a perfect race, my running game is like, Pyeh, you know. So. All you got to do is go out there and be like, this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to run. Don't yeah. worry about anything else. Don't worry about all the people there. And you just go run your race and have a good day. Yeah, I hope it'll go that way. I would like to earn a coin, but there's no way I could make it to Tahoe this year anyway. So if there's somebody else out there that's got the money to go, I'd rather them get it. You know, and that's a good attitude to have, buddy. That's yeah, man. That's a good attitude to have. Well, Jacob, man, you're a super cool guy, man. Like I said, I appreciate you talking to us, man. I hope to see you at another race coming up this year. Oh, absolutely, man. I can't wait to throw it down with you on another one, Scott. Hell yeah, man. Well, appreciate it, man. We'll talk to you later. We'll talk soon, buddy. Peace. Bye. Hope you enjoyed the interview. I want to thank Jacob again for taking the time to talk to us. Check out BroCR on Instagram and Facebook. There's some cool material and videos on there that are very entertaining. My next race will be in Fayetteville next weekend. My girlfriend, Lee Ann, will be with me. She recently broke her ankle a few weeks ago, and she'll be on crutches. Um, she's bummed that her OCR season got cut short. But she's super cool. She's going with me to support me. We're going to have a road trip. I don't know what I did to deserve this girl. I'm crazy about her. Anyway, come up to us and say what's up. Uh, check us out on Instagram and Facebook. 
Uh, leave us a review on iTunes. And we'll see you at the next race. Peace. Peace.